also have Edward, who is uh, from Southport. Edward, what's up, man? Not much. Not much. Awesome. Uh, and we have a special treat for viewers and listeners today. If you uh, if you check out the Toffee Blues website, you see their match previews, you see match reactions, uh, you know this guy, all right? His name is David. He's contributed to us before as well. And let's welcome him. It's pretty awesome to have you, man. Woo! All right, guys. Thanks very much. So, uh, David, awesome that you could be here and talk to us. Uh, if you could just tell us a little bit uh, about how you became an Everton supporter and your articles and anything else you want to add. Uh, yeah, so uh, that particular case was given to me by my father. Uh, I'm five years old. He took me to my first game. Uh, we actually won, though. Uh, so it was a kind of false sense of security. Um uh, because this was in the late 90s and Everton weren't doing well then. Uh, he got me a season ticket. I was very lucky. I uh, paid every single year up until I was around 16. Um, uh, at that age, then I started buying my own season ticket. I jumped into the Gladys Street because I think if, if anyone sits in there, they know it's a little bit cheaper and the atmosphere is better. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I'll basically be an Everton fan all my life, uh, started writing casually, uh, articles in general, then going on to football, uh, the odd evidence stuff that I do myself, and then, um, yeah, I got talking to the Toffee Blues, uh, they offered me a regular piece, um, and now I cover the match day previews and match day reports, so yeah, good stuff, I'm, I'm glad yeah. I'm reading it, even if it's <laughs> Ellie and Edward, but you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the things. Like, uh, like when I first started being an Everton supporter, I didn't really know people were doing that. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, you know. Uh, and it really took. Uh, I think last year was my first year actually going to these websites and seeing what yeah. fellow supporters think uh, and and how much how much research and how much they actually know. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's pretty enli- pretty enlightening mm. when you when I realized I was like, wow. I know nothing right now. So <laughs> guys out there and I won't put myself in their bracket, but uh, I'd like to think I do I do put a little bit of research into what I do. Uh, even if it doesn't look like it. Um, but yeah, I enjoy it, you know. Um, I think having this kind of community feel and when you do have these accounts out there, it kind of brings everyone together and we all suffer together, so I like to think that help out with that. Yeah, we never we never enjoy together. We literally just suffer for the whole time, yeah. basically yeah. for the season. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> <sighs> All right, so uh, we should probably get into the show because we really have a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, today's show, the way this is going to look, not just for for you guys, but for listeners, uh, we've got a Brighton reaction because yeah, that happened. <laughs> On Sunday, uh, we're going to do a little good, bad, and the ugly for that. Uh, we're also going to be running through the news. Uh, we have a lot of fan thoughts today. A lot of them. Apparently, they're thinking Seriously. out there. Uh, <laughs> then we've got the. Uh, what was that? I'm no, saying it's just interesting. Whenever Tony and staff thinking, but we'll see. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it, we had a deluge of comments. It was pretty great, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, so uh, we also have a Lyon preview. And uh, we've got a little... Uh, we need to be talking about Rooney some. All right? Let's go. Good, mad, the ugly for Brighton. Uh, David, you are you are our guest. So, do you want to start this off? Hand in the baton yeah, to you. Button. Yeah, I'm probably quite lucky there because there's so little good that I wouldn't have liked to be going third. Um, oh, I think I think Vlasic once again played quite well. Um, he's already looking like he's a, he's being a really good buy, considering how late he come in the window and how much we paid for him. Um, I think he looks sharp and. You know, as a few others have alluded to, I think, you know, everyone's been making excuses for the likes of Ramirez and Klass and, you know, this lad's come in, new league, uh, tougher competition in a team that's not playing well. Uh, and he seems to be playing some good football. He looks sharp and we, we need pace and he seems to have it. Um, so, yeah, I think if you're scraping the barrel for good things from yesterday, I think Vlasic is one of them. Definitely agree. Uh, do you want? Do you have any more good? <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Not, to be honest. <laughs> all right, Edward. No, no, no. You, you go next, Jerry. You go you want next. Me to go? Yeah. All right. Man. Well, my number one was Vlasic, and I'm assuming Edward, he's high up on your list too. Uh, guy's really tough to bump off the ball. You know, you saw him several times where somebody would come up and try to body him up and he would kind of lose his balance. Well, that's partly because of the pitch. But he kind of lose his balance and then catch himself, ride himself, and keep going. It reminded me a lot of the way Ross plays and the way Ross kind of, he'll get that ball and like maraud forward and he's so tough to get off the ball. And that's one of the biggest problems when players come over from other leagues. But he's got it. He's got it down. And I love watching that kid play, man. Uh, it's awesome because his sister is all over Twitter and she's always pushing stuff out about him and Everton. And it's, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, but he's my, he's my number one, uh, good. And I actually have three goods. So yeah, I was, I was really trying to, yeah, we'll get there. Edward, <laughs> Edward, you, you want to go next, man? No, um, carry on with your good if you've got any more. Um, I, I need inspiration. Uh, Michael Keane. Yeah. I thought I thought Michael Keane looked pretty good. Um, he's he's still strong in the back. Uh, he he was not our problem on Sunday. He actually made some runs forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a really, you know that had a really good block as well from one of their chapters. Um, mm-hmm. There was some shout of handball. I think it would have been harsh to give that, but yeah, I think he he was strong. I think it helped having Jack Elka next to him again. I think you know Williams hasn't played well as he so. I think, yeah, Jaggy Elke probably brought the best out of the team on Sunday. Yeah, I think the the, the hand, the handball, uh, it looked like it deflected off of, like, his leg and then hit his hand. I don't see how you could, mm. how could, how could he have the time to move and get out of the way? For that? I just don't. I don't it was within, like, the natural sort of position of his body, wasn't it, really? Because you don't, if it was something like that, I can understand, but... Covering his himself, it kind of makes sense. It's natural instinct as well, isn't it? If you think about it. Uh, I need to put down my glass of water. Uh, last thing, the last good. Uh, I think Rooney took a good PK. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point, yeah. Now you're getting desperate. 
I'm just saying, uh, being being an Everton supporter for the short time that I have, I've seen some crap PKs. All right, I've seen some bad penalties. And uh, it, it started when, I guess, Baines decided to start giving it up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I got used to Lukaku taking them the whole time. I'm sitting there thinking, please make this, dude. I don't think you're going to. I didn't trust him as being clinical from, from the spot. I just didn't. Yeah. Um, so, so when Rudy walks up, the whole time I'm sitting there saying, you're Wayne effing Rudy. You're Wayne effing Rudy. You're Wayne effing Rudy. You know, and I was just like, I hope he remembers that. You know, it was like a mantra. Kept yeah. telling myself. And he put it to, to, in all fairness, he put it directly just inside the post. Yeah. It was pretty. I, even if the keeper went the correct way, which I, 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 did he? I don't think he did. No, he did. no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Well, yeah. Uh, even if he did, I think it was still going to be in the back of the net. Sad netting, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. But then just that's, inside the post. That, that was why we brought him in. I mean, for all the flaws that appear in this season, we needed that kind of experience late on in the game. Um, and yesterday it did it did come come good for us. Now that we've now that we've finished entertaining optimism uh, as a as a thing. What about my good? Uh, oh, are you are you? I, I thought you were actually. Do you have some? No, it's basically just repeating what you guys have said. All right, well, well, elaborate. Do it, Edward. Go. Keen, obviously, one of the signings I really wanted to bring in. Doing my road to glory on him as well, but. He was probably one of our best players on the pitch. And going back to the thing with Vlasic, I find it interesting how, like you say, making excuses for Sandro and Klaus and, you know, both of these are 21, 24, all right, not much older than Vlasic. I think Vlasic, he's only about 18, isn't he? 19, something like that. But how he doesn't get shrugged off the ball and how he's sort of come from a lower league, maybe that's sort of like the areas we should be maybe looking at for future players, like Loughton. Not lower leagues in a sense, but like the leagues that aren't as noticeable or have much notoriety compared to the likes of Eredivisie or La Liga, anything like that. Maybe that's something to look at for the future. Well, the transfer fees are certainly less, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was thinking about. I mean, did did you guys feel like we got kind of out muscled a bit? On yeah. Sunday? Yeah. They've come from the championship, so yeah. That's what I'm referring to, is exactly what you were saying, Edward. Vlasic comes from a lower league where it's it, it, it's not... There's probably... Physical aspects are probably a bigger part of the game. And the championship, I feel like, a championship season, Brighton just came up. And that's where, that's where they're from. So many of them have lived through a championship season where it's it's rough. And I'm so psyched that some of our, our younger guys are, are, are there right now getting the experience and toughening up like that. And uh, you, you may have a good point on that, Edward. Um, anyway, anything else? Nope. <laughs> All right. It's Let's... just echoing what everyone else has said, and that's literally scraping. You're literally getting onto the actual barrel itself at that point. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's go ahead and do the bad Edward, do you want to start it off this time? Because you were... Uh, oh, actually, no, I've got, I've got sort of like a bad... I didn't, I didn't get to go to the game because I was working. Um, but I'm also kind of glad that's, that's going to be in my personal good. I didn't have to spend six hours travelling down to that game to watch that kind of performance. 
I feel so sorry for all those, for all the people. You've got to admire them for the amount of hard work they put in to set themselves aside to get to these games every single week. But you've just got to feel sorry for them. They put, they put all that money in and then just all comes to nothing. And obviously performance itself was just really pathetic. And Komen is looking really, really nervous. He's even going with the whole unshaved look. If you've noticed in any of the interviews afterwards, he's really feeling the pressure. All right. Uh... David, bad. <laughs> um, once again, I feel like this is going to be kind of cut short, but for all the uh, the wrong reasons, just because I think I could be here all day listing the bad. But what two things I'm going to go for. I think first thing, again, recurring theme of the season, is the team selection. I think he's, he's getting so close to getting it right in some aspects, and then others, he, he just can't seem to get it right. It's the... It's this two-holding midfielders again when we don't need it against lesser opposition. You know, he's he's gone back to putting Holgate as a as a right-back. Uh, but I think the biggest one of them all for me is Rooney up top on his own. I just, I can't understand that decision. He's 31-32 now, Rooney. His legs have been gone for a while. And, you know, we were all happy to see him come back for the, you know, the experience he brings and, me, personally, I thought he was going to be an impact player who, you know, the last 20 minutes bringing that experience into the game and, you know, something similar to what did happen yesterday. The penalty, 90th minute, really steps up and puts it away. But he's, he's playing too many games for me. I think it's going to be another thing in the end that's going to be the downfall of Koeman. Um, so, yeah, team selection for me is just so, so wrong. Um I mean, what's Luckman going to do to get a game? I know I'm just echoing whatever Evertonian's saying at the moment, but, you know, the, the lad's doing really well in, at the under-23s, and we're glaringly missing pace, and he just he, he can't seem to see it, and it, it reminds me so much of the Martinez days. Um, Roberto Koeman is it, starting to be the nickname I'm in, and I mean, yeah. so I think, you know, he's... The thing is with Evertonians as well that you know they have the flaws, but they know good football, and you can't you can't fool Evertonians. And when he's coming on to Twitter afterwards and saying you know we should have won that game, this and that, no, we didn't. We shouldn't have we won didn't. a game this season on the performances, and yeah, I, I just think team selection terrible. Okay, I'm going to ask you this: Are you in Coman out or Coman in? I've, I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I've ever fully been in Cumin in. Um, you know, even if, and it's it is a bit of hindsight. So, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to act like I was saying when we finished seventh. I don't want him here and this and that. But you know, you look at the cup competitions last season. We went out very early. Both uh, less opposition at home. Um, mm. Our record against the top teams was shocking again last season. Um, and he spent a lot of money and, you know, people talk about him having time. Well, we've played 15 competitive games this season. I think we've only won about five of them uh, and two of them against, well, actually three or four of those games against real lower opposition in the Europa League. Um, so, yeah, Edward, I think he's, he's got to go. I think he's at that point now where the players don't want to play for them, yeah. want to support him. Um, I think he's got to go personally. Yeah. And one more as well. 
Barkley in or Barkley out? Barkley in. In. Good lad. He's a, he's a local lad, and I think if you really look at our games this year, we we've missed Barkley definitely. I think he um no he, he's that gap sometimes between the midfield and the and the uh, and the strikers. He picks up the ball and he moves it well, and you know people always talk about his decision making, but maybe that's not his best position being up in front of goal. You know that final pass. Maybe he's better picking it up deeper and moving with it. I think if Cumin goes, there's a chance that maybe Barkley will will feature the game for us. So yeah, yeah, yeah for me. That's what everybody's saying is that if 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 Cumin stays, then Barkley goes. But if Cumin goes, strong possibility Barkley stays. Mm. And I know which. I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So my bad. I'll make it quick because uh, you guys have pretty much summed a lot of this up. Uh, Kuma's lineup, team selection, like you said, just weak sauce. And then uh, Kuma's hesitation to make changes. Mm-hmm. I, I got to be honest, I, I, if we're tied with Brighton, not, not, not talking about losing, but if we're tied with Brighton, going into like the 60th minute or something, I think it's time. I think it's time. Let's start bringing some other people in. I, I I still don't get why Davies doesn't come in until the 80-something mm-hmm. minute. I, I, I do not understand that. I feel like he would have been really helpful, especially if you bring in Neos. Who connects better with Neos than Davies? Mm. Yeah. You know? Uh, but, yeah, it, just the fact that it took him so long to make changes, it reminded me a little bit. Again, there's a lot of Martinez comparisons here, guys. There really are. Um Anyway, let's move on to the ugly. All right? Uh, I'll do mine because they should be brief. All right? Uh, I guess start with Michael Oliver. All right? <laughs> he, blew, he blew that penalty call when Sigurdsson's shirt was being pulled. Then he blew the two red card offenses. He was just kind of turd <laughs> on Sunday. And he, and he had like such a... And just every time he missed something like that, and, and he, the look on his face when he thinks he's got it right, I hate that. Oh my gosh, I hate that. Uh, then uh, Morgan Schneiderlin not clearing the ball and allowing that ball to be crossed for their goal. I, it's hard for me not to think that that was that that goal was his fault. Yeah, I do. I, I, it, you saw him. It looked like what he was doing was trying to open up because he didn't realize there was a guy right there. And so he, he opened up, and then he saw it. So he lunged, and he didn't quite make it. I mean, when you're in when you're in the box and you're defending, it seems like the quickest thing to do is immediately don't try to open up and make it. You know, actually get to it quickly and and, and then assess your situation. Uh, that was that was really frustrating to watch because that's the second time that he's kind of messed up in the box and allowed a goal. Uh, um, yeah, and I. I don't understand his transformation from last year because last year I'd say he's one of our strongest players. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the whole thing about not replacing Lukaku, isn't it? It's clear it's affecting everyone, especially Schneidlin. More ugly from you guys. Guess you first. want to go, Dave? Um, one for me that really jumped out. I once again, <laughs> it's so negative at the moment, isn't it? But. Sigurdsson set pieces. Uh, you know, I feel like we've we basically bought a guy who's kind of uh, niche 
is his set pieces because he's a he's a great player, but he's not a particularly skillful player. He's not a fast player. Um, so his thing is set pieces, and I think there was about two or three occasions yesterday where he couldn't even beat the first man from the free kick from the corner, and then there was one where we had a real great opportunity in the second half. We had Leighton Baines and Sigurdsson standing over there, um, and Sigurdsson took it and. Uh, honest to God, I think my left foot would have would have got down on target at least, and that's saying something. It's probably a lie as well. But um, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, it was just a terrible effort. And you know, if Sigurdsson isn't bringing anything from, from set pieces, you start panicking, thinking, well, what is he bringing to the starting eleven? Uh, and, and by no by no means am I writing him off as a sign. And I still believe he'll come good in a good team. But you know, if, if we're not playing well and and he's not playing well if he if he's not even you know taking good set pieces he's not bringing anything to the game and I think that was, that was really the uglier part for me yesterday. Mm. Yeah, hated seeing that that set piece. We just flew flew by the goal because yeah. because the whole thing when you when you bring somebody like then that in you think it's almost automatic that there's going to be a legit chance on goal yeah, when he gets I, over the ball. Yeah. Yeah, and and because that's what he did for everybody else he's playing for, and 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 when he that sailed wide, I was just sitting there thinking, you know, man, is it is, has this gotten into your head too? Yeah, mm. which it probably has, sadly. Edward, you got anything? I know because there's a lot to choose from, but team team selection, I'm going to say straight away, because if you look at how we got the penalty right. But we got that from a free kick. Sigurdsson put in. All right, Sigurdsson did a really good free kick in that occasion. But who got the foul? Who actually got us awarded the foul? It was Morales who came on. So why hasn't Morales been starting? Because it's clear that we need that kind of player in the team. Like someone to make Brighton have to do the dirty work in a sense. And give us those fouls to give us those chances to let Sigurdsson take the free... Well, I shouldn't really be saying Sigurdsson for free kicks at the minute. Um... But Morales should be playing. Luckman should be playing. And as I said, and like you said before, Dave, with the whole thing with Rooney up top on his own. Yeah. What's the point? Oh. I mean, I don't really understand. When I first looked at the lineup, I thought we were going to do the exact same formation as we did against Burnley because it was a strong one. We just got very unlucky, and it was in one of those brief moments where everyone switched off that. We conceded, because apart from that, we had a really good game with that formation. We just couldn't score, unluckily. So, at first thinking that, you know what, Rooney, Cavalier, and them together, could work out. Rooney is the main striker alone. No. No. Who's he going to be beating for through balls? Like, who's he actually going to outpace no. for that? Mertesacker. <laughs> maybe maybe That's he one. would have a chance. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, anything else on good, bad, and ugly for this guys, or have we have we thoroughly dismantled this? I think we're just going to be echoing all the pundits and fans. <laughs> you might, you know, but that probably means there's something to it. Yeah. You know? uh, all right. So. Oh, actually, no. Sorry. No, I just want to put one thing in. Uh, <laughs> did anyone else see Coman's press conference before the Brighton game? Saying about no. Because he said in one comment, Sigurdsson has, uh, what was it, something like, Sigurdsson, what you're saying, oh, I'll just like say it differently, but 
what Sigurds Sigurdsson's best position, in my personal opinion, this is what Coman is saying. This is Coman saying Sigurdsson's best position, and a position he played a lot for Swansea and Tottenham, he played out on the left and it worked for him. One, he, d he bombed at Spurs. Two, he's been playing basically number 10s for most of his career at Swansea. And, I know I'm bringing FIFA into this, but he got a hero card and a place in the team of the week playing number 10. This is just showing his stubbornness again. Sorry, that's my rant over. Yeah, it seems like the only way you could really put him out on the wing is to have somebody, like, you've got to, you've got to have a back with pace directly behind him. Mm -hmm. It's got to be somebody who, who can actually still challenge mm -hmm. and outrun some people on the, on the flank. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. So, so that's our good, bad, the ugly, Brighton. So let's, uh, let's jump right in with the news. Uh, so, we are, we are back with more Anyakuru news, which I didn't think was going to come back. I thought that was just going to be a juicy international piece of nonsense, you know, maybe he had mm. gone to Liverpool just for some sort of medical checkup, no. Apparently he's done an interview in Belgium, apparently uh, he, he likes to talk. So he he basically said, you know what I mean? <laughs> it gets to all it gets to all the guys in Belgium apparently. Uh, so uh, he he gave an interview uh, in which he said that he was waiting for something, and that's all I can say. But that but that actually wasn't true because he kept talking. Uh, he he said I hope to be able to play there in January. Basically saying he's, essentially I think what this is, is he's waiting for a work permit. He's waiting to see whether or not it's actually going to happen. Some kind of uh, special talent exception. Right. I don't know. Um, so, uh, so this looks like there may actually be some validity to it. Uh, is this a desperation move? And do we actually think it'll pay off? And uh, are we going to grab an additional striker besides him in January if it comes off? Is he a striker though? I thought he was more like a winger. When I see him play, he's—I usually see him play. And I'm playing. I know in the Yupin—I don't even know how to pronounce that. I feel stupid now. The the Yupin highlights that I saw, he was always up front and making runs at goal like by himself. Mm. Uh, so I, I assumed he plays striker. I mean, am I right about that, David? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as I know, um, he is a striker. Uh, I think I think Edward he's played in other positions, uh, but I think his. It's kind of official role as a, as a striker. Fair enough. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't quite understand the work permit issues, to be honest. So it's, it, it's hard to comment. But um, I mean, by all means, if we need that kind of extra firepower, then then bring them in. But I think I think you guys have already touched on it in previous, uh, previous episodes. But I don't think we need this kind of player coming in up front. I think we need a more physical guy, you know, Edward said uh, previously about we haven't replaced Lukaku. Um, we haven't. And you can't replace Lukaku, but you can certainly find a, a more physical guy up front as a target man who, you know, when we are playing that one up front, it can be a more physical player. Lots lot of uh, use of the word physical here. But that's that's what we need. Uh, we, we need that. And I'm just not sure that that's his game. But, I mean, by all means... Uh, 
as it is at the moment, I think we need as many options as possible. Uh, Knowing Coleman, though, he's probably going to put him at right back or something like that. Yeah, yeah, playing at centre back. Yeah, might do a better job than Williams. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, Edward, you mentioned that he he could function as a winger, and I could see Kuman playing him at winger. To be honest, I could see that happening because he was playing Sandro in that position as well. I I could see that coming. That could happen. See, the whole thing with Onyekura, though, I don't really understand. As good as a player he is, we've already got plenty of players in that sort of position because you just know that if he comes in, if Coman's still here at that time, he's going to do something with him and that's not going to fit in with how he normally plays. Like you see with Luckman, Vlasic, Morales, all these players are really, really similar to Onyokuru. So if he comes in, who's going out? And a lot of people are saying Luckman. And I personally don't want Luckman to go. I think he's a quality player. Chemistry he's got with Calvert-Lewin is incredible. So why are we not utilising that? Like, Onyokuru is going to come into a big league, which I know I said about the whole thing with lower leagues earlier, but he might not be used to the whole physical presence thing, like a lot of players are, like Vlasic is. So I'd say Luckman over Onyokuru at the minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm at the point, to be honest, guys, where if a fast player wants to come play with us, I'm fine with it. (laughs) You know, and the fact is, he's like, he's really cocky. Like, he's got an attitude. The guy, when you actually see interviews with him and everything, he's, he's, maybe I should say confident, but I don't know. Sometimes uh, too much of that can come across as cocky. Yeah. Um, But he's not, he's not. Doesn't that remind you of someone else we used to have, a Belgian player we used to have? Hmm. Yeah, he seems like a guy who wants the ball in, in, at his feet in front of the goal, which is cool. You know, I, I like the idea of someone coming in who wants the ball at that moment. That's great. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather get a target man. The only way I'm fine with Onyekuru is if we're bringing in somebody who can actually hold the ball up some. Yeah. Somebody who can actually finish a dead ball. Who would you want air. to bring in? You don't. You won't like it, Edward. You won't. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought Giroud could have done a serious job for us this season, and I think he still can. What I about know he's you, old. Uh, oh, sorry. Come on, I was going to say I think Giroud it was my number one target to be honest, and I think he was Everton's as well. Um, I do think he he'll get you ten to fifteen goals, maybe, but he, he brings a lot more to the team and. I think it's a real shame that he's he's sitting on Arsenal's bench when he could have been playing week in week out for Everton. Um, yeah, that, he he would be my target. And, you know, he, he's had five years in the Premier League and he scored a hundred goals. Um, no, that's I know it didn't work out like that, but you know that's twenty goals a season theoretically. Um, I, I can see that you don't agree. Who would you go for? I'd go for the other one, Welbeck. Personally. See, I think Welbeck is is such a worse option compared to Giroud, just for the, you know, he's, he's more injury prone, isn't he? And yeah. More issues, I think. But I think Giroud is a safer bet. He is, and don't get me wrong, I wouldn't mind having him in, but I'd rather go for better options that are younger as well. 30 years old, I mean, he'd only be with us for about like a year and a bit, and then we're in the exact same situation again. 
like with Lukaku, we're missing that guy, so then we'll probably have to go for another 30-year-old or another 30-year-old. And if we get someone in young, or at least like 25, 26, like Welbeck is, Welbeck's got strength and power and pace. He's basically a bit like a B-Tech Lukaku, in my opinion. With Welbeck, I, there was a time where I wanted him to come to Everton, and I, I'm not going to sit there and act like he, he wouldn't help our squad, because I, th- I think he's, he's fast, he is fast, because uh, speed is really what he's got more than anything, speed and quickness. Mm. Um, I don't consider him to be that physical, I don't necessarily think his hold-up play would be that strong, I don't see him as being someone who can finish in the air that well. Um, and I think if we've got, I think we have a player very similar to him, but even a little bit more sure-footed in Calvert Lewin. Yeah, you know, uh, that's why I feel like Giroud gives us something we don't have already. And if he, if I had Giroud on a one-on-one with the keeper versus Welbeck with a, on a one-on-one with the keeper, I would think Giroud's going to finish it before Welbeck would. You know what I mean? Because of there's a certain amount of uh, he, Giroud's just clinical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's not quick. No, that's why the, we, we have to put quicker people around him. Same thing we were talking about with Rooney. Got to put quick people around him. Yeah. If you're going to have the big target, man, you, you, you have to sacrifice the pace a little bit. And yeah, I, I think I, I just agree. I think Giroud would have been the best option. I don't, I, I don't not particularly like Welbeck. I think he's a good player. But if you give me the option between the two, even, even with the age thing, I think Giroud, Giroud is the better option. Uh, another player rumor which may have less validity. Uh, apparently, we've been linked to Carvalho again from Sporting. Um, do we think this is because Schneiderlin has not been his best lately? And is this a move we even need to be making right now? No. no I don't think so. If it was last January, I would have said yes. But the fact that we've got Schneiderlin in, we've got Gay in... To be honest, we shouldn't really be looking at playing, like you say, like you've said, uh, both of you, we shouldn't be looking really two defensive midfielders. We should really be looking at one. I mean, Schneiderlin and Gay, either of those I'm happy to have competition with. Bessage added to that. McCarthy, when he comes back fully fit, is really, really good. Yeah, yeah I don't think we need him. I think by all means he seems a great player, but... Uh, if we had to kind of list three places within the starting eleven that we need to strengthen, I don't think central midfielder is that. I think we should be looking at another centre back, maybe a back and obviously a striker as well. So no, not for me. I think the price as well. The total of thirty-one. Uh, I think we need to be spending that money. And if I'm being totally honest, I don't actually think there's going to be anything in it. Um, it seems an easy link to me. Uh, sell some papers at the moment, but you know, I don't think he's looking to jam- January at the moment. I think he's taking game by game to make sure he's still here. So, yeah, for me, I, I wouldn't want him. I don't think he's going to end up coming. I hope. I, I'll agree. I don't think he's going to gonna be coming to, 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 to get us at any time soon. But the only, I tried to, I usually try to play a little devil's advocate and try to get inside maybe the thinking process behind a move like this. And I, and I think right now, Kuman likes to play Schneiderlin and Gay. Two very different players. Schneiderlin doesn't really have the pace, and Gay really doesn't have the physicality. All right? Carvalho has better pace than Schneiderlin, and he's got physicality. So, would that enable us to play more with just one defensive mid? 
and add that extra attacker? I don't know. That's the only rationale that I could bring to, to, to us maybe trying to get him. I got nothing else, because he's not a priority. There's this whole thing with reports going on at the minute, and I know I shouldn't be saying really much truth behind it, with uh, the Sun reporting on it, but there's this whole thing that we're looking at apparently bringing in Rafa Benitez. I don't know. I don't know on that. I'm a, I'm a bit iffy. I think he's a good manager, but the likelihood of him coming from Newcastle, especially when they're doing so well at the minute, and as well he used to manage Liverpool, doesn't make much sense to me. Don't know about you guys. What What do you guys think? Um, it's so funny he says because he has been successful at a lot of places where he's gone to, and you know, Liverpool uh, had no right win Champions League in two thousand five. It is no, I know that's coming from an Everton fan, but I think you know you speak to a normal-headed Liverpool fan if you can't find one. You know, they they'll admit that. You know that that was a, a very fortunate event that they won that. But then they won the FA Cup as well a year later. Um, he went to Chelsea, interim manager, won the Europa or the UEFA Cup. Can't remember what uh, version it was. So he he does win things, but similar to what Edward was saying, I just don't. I, I can't see him coming. I think Newcastle's going fit well for them. I think. Um, I, I think his, his ties with Liverpool FC are too strong. And I know his family still live on Merseyside, so people have talked about that being something to lure them to the city. But I think it looked like an act of betrayal. I know we went to Chelsea, but Everton obviously have bigger rivals to Liverpool than Chelsea. So I don't think he, he, he would end up coming. And I'm not sure I'd be too comfortable with it, either, to be honest. Um, yeah, not for me. Not for me. I'd go on a different route, personally. Mm. That's the that's the third manager rumor I've heard so far. You know what I mean? And, and I think these are just this is just what is is getting clicks right now. Yeah. You know, I know uh what is his was it is it uh Mata, Matazari? Uh, what is what is his name from from Watford? Oh, Walter Matarazzi. Matarazzi. Yeah, I saw I saw a, a story linking us to him, which is clearly just his agent trying to generate buzz. You know, and it's it was came from the Italian media. So, do you believe it? Uh, but also, I read one today about the manager at uh, what is it, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, the Portuguese uh, manager over there. He's really good manager. Uh, supposedly, we were looking at him before we hired Kuman, and he's done a really good job over there as well. This could be nonsense, and I think that's. That's what we're going to see for a while here. Um, would I like a young, successful manager to come in? It'd be kind of cool, but again, it's a risk. You know? Uh, so anyway. My vote uh, goes to Ancelotti. I know. <laughs> I'm actually thinking Bruce Arena, guys. Which one's that one? No, no. I, 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 I was seeing you're supposed to laugh because that's the former USA manager. You just resigned. Ha 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 ha! You're supposed to know. You're supposed to know that and go and go. You're not serious. Uh, it hurts. Anyway, yeah. Okay, we got to move on because I feel sick. Uh, last thing. Last thing before we're done with the news. Peter Reed has come out and basically just like reamed the current Everton squad. 
uh, basically saying that Everton should be gunning for Champions League spots uh, and that they haven't been really giving it a real go when they hit the field. Uh, and he's, he's not calling for Kuman's head. He's, he doesn't want him to leave yet. But he said results have to change. Considering that Kuman doesn't think Champions League spots are really possible for this Everton squad, I, who's actually right? Well, I think Pizza Reed. Um, without a shadow, without a thing, Pizza Reed. Um, I can bump into Pizza Reed at Old Trafford after the 4 0 game a few weeks ago. And I. Um, I did that chat with him, and he, he wasn't a happy fella. Um, obviously, he played about 10 points like the rest of us. But, yeah, I don't, I, the thing is with Peter Reid, he's, he's an Evertonian. Yeah. He is now, anyway. You know, he's uh, he's playing for the club. He's he's always loved the club. So, he's suffering like, like the rest of us. He's spot on. I think he is uh, in everything he said, really. Yeah. I mean, I've met the guy myself as well, so I know what he. You can tell straight away he cares. He really cares about the club and wants to do well. And like you're saying, he's he's an Evertonian, so he knows he knows what he's talking about in a sense. Um, but he's just he's echoing what a lot of us are saying, which is sad. It's sad that we're all saying this thing, and that Coman is yet still turning his head away and thinking, no, I'm right in doing this. I'm going to make sure everyone else knows. I feel I feel like Koeman's basically saying, uh, you know what, guys? Uh, temper your expectations. Because if we don't fulfill what you're expecting, uh, you're going to get pissed at me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I think that's a, that's a common thing that people do. Uh, but I don't think fans want to hear that. I think they want to legitimately hear we are gunning for Champions League spots because because we have the talent here. The whole thing I think the one big problem I have with Komen at the minute, forget about the stubbornness, his lack of passion. You look at you look at I'm gonna hate myself saying this, but you look at the likes of J- Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. You have to even all of us have got to admit here, he is one of the most passionate managers ever. I mean, you just, you you watch him when, Conte as well, you watch them when the team scores. They are celebrating like mad. They are shaking to the bone. They're jumping in with the crowd in a sense. And then when they're not doing well, they're all going, come on, come on, come on. Look, we can do this. Come on, let's do. Coman's just standing there with his hands in his pockets. Like, you do not want to see that. Especially when we're losing, you don't want to see it because it looks like he's just running out of options to do. So, find some bloody passion, Coleman. It's just the problem is with Everton. Uh, I've, I've mentioned it a few times in some of the pieces I've done, but they just have such a. They've lost this kind of big club mentality they had, you know, late eighties, going into the nineties, basically the whole Premier League era. And it's just a very, very mundane kind of existence that they've got at the moment. And, you know, we, we are trying, we are having people coming in telling us that we should be celebrating, you know, finishing seventh and rumble. You know, Evertonians have had that now for about 25 years. But the whole Premier League era, we haven't really been relevant. And, um, you know, it was really difficult to see Mashiri, kind of our saviour, a few weeks ago saying that. Um, 
Ben was the only game that we we lost that he 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 expected us to win, meaning that the, the Chelsea's United we were expected to lose them. I mean that was not what Evertonians wanted to hear, especially after the the summer that we had and the optimism at the start of the year. Mm. But I think that's sadly sadly where we are at the moment. I think the club needs a, an overhaul, not just the management. I think you know we need to kind of ingrain this kind of big big club mentality back into Everton if they're ever going to be successful again. Um, so these kind of negative comments are just doing nothing for anybody, really. It actually reminds me of the way Moyes was at uh, Man U. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of undercutting it ahead of time, you know. And I mean, he did, he did that at Everton, too. Yeah. You know? Kind of just uh, and, oh uh, Sunderland he doomed yeah. Sunderland at the beginning of the season. Mm. Yeah, we're in a relegation fight. Yeah. That's gonna happen. You know, it's just <laughs> going ahead and saying that it's just it's negative. It's a, almost a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, the famous line that he was talking about Everton with the it's like taking a knife to a gunfight. That and that's some yep. boys perfectly for me. Um, yeah, so it's a difficult period within. And that's the news, everybody. Now is the time where we talk about one specific player. Another polarizing player, I think. I think at the beginning of the season, there were discussions about him. And then uh, everybody kind of agreed it was good for the for the club because he was scoring goals. And now he's not. Now is, he's not. It's dried up a little bit. And... Uh, yeah, a lot of people think he shouldn't be in our starting 11, despite the fact that he's an Everton icon. So yeah, we need to talk about Rooney. Rooney! 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 I got five questions. Rooney questions. Woo! Alright, what's Rooney's best position at the moment? With his qualities, number 10 role or sitting just behind the striker. I agree. I don't think he's a lone striker for sure, right now. Number two kind of deals with that. Should we be treating him like a playmaker? putting him in positions with uh, with goal scorers rather than needing him to be a consistent goal threat. He starts it, not ends it. Sort of like he started off instead of ending the goal. So surround him with uh, with goal scorers, basically. Surround him with threatening players. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, is there a world to build our, uh, a really strong 11 around Rooney with the other strongest players? See, if, if we got him, say last year then i'd be like yeah build the team around him because but i feel like we've got so many players in his kind of position we can't really afford i know it sounds really harsh because i love rooney as much as the next evertonian but we can't sort of like be building the team around him because i feel like we've got him in as a squad player but also someone to help say the under 23s or something like that so Mm. i think if anyone if anyone to build the team around it's going to be sigurdsson or barkley you know, those kind of players. Not really Rooney, because as much as I love Rooney, he's not hes not the player he used to be. What about you? I mean, he's clearly, you're, I, I agree, he's not the player he used to be. He's not going to beat anybody with, you know, startling pace or anything. No. Um, but, having said that, in our most recent fans' thoughts, we had to list our strongest 11. And you should check that video out, by the way. Uh I mentioned that I might possibly have Rooney in that 
in that strongest 11 uh, between him and Nias right now. Um, and I actually, you know, because I wonder if Nias is really a starter. He might do better as an impact sub, and Rooney might do better from the beginning. Uh, the only way I'd be fine with that is if we've got some pace on the wings. It's the only way. I think if we've got Lookman, Vlasic, Morales, somebody with some pace on the wings, I could see him in our strongest 11. I could. Is he more impactful off the bench, or is he more valuable and effective as a starter? Starter. That's exactly what we were just talking about. Starter, I'd say. Because then he may use up his energy quickly, but he's going to have that impact straight off, straight away. Right. Um, sort of like getting the players you know, riled up to get the game started. Mm-hmm. And once we kill, say, once we get the game, once we're comfortable, then we can say, like mm-hmm. you say, bring on someone like Niasi to basically kill the game off. Uh, take off mm-hmm. Rooney. Because Rooney is sort of like that expendable player out of that sort of lineup, isn't he? If you think about it, I agree. He's more. I think he's more valuable as a starter. I think his footballing brain is more valuable through the longest part of the game, rather than, you know, Coming I think on. if we're if we're yeah, if we need a goal really badly at the end, I don't think bringing Rooney in is as is as scary to opposing defenses. Even though his name still carries a lot of clout. Remember my name, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> And that's and that's true, and it does throw certain players off. But I think if if you're in the Premier League, you're sort of over it by now. Um, so yeah, uh, I agree. I, I, I kind of prefer him as a starter. How would you say? I mean, I've answered this already, but how would you say we get him on the field if Davies and Sigurdsson have to start? Is this starting or is this coming on as a sub? Let's pretend it's a starting scenario because I I have my version of that that I mentioned earlier. But what about you? I'd probably say the same. Or just behind, yeah. say, the other striker. Um, mm. Sort of like playing in front so, of two centimeters, maybe. Yeah, so kind of a 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one kind of thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, that's what, uh, I think that's what Brighton run, actually. Oh, so yeah. I think they run gross right behind their striker. So. Mm. so, final question. Will Rooney be our leading scorer this season? See, I reckon once he starts, I reckon Calvert-Lewin or Niassi. In fact, I'd be willing to place down a bet saying Calvert-Lewin or Niassi is going to be our leading goal scorer at the end of the season. I would even be more specific and say Calvert-Lewin. Mm. I think Calvert-Lewin will be our leading goal scorer this season. I think, this I think he's is, just going to get better. This is this is going to be his season, I think. And part of it, uh, well, here's the, here's the thing that makes it complicated, okay? Whatever striker we buy during January... Because right now we're we're pretending like this is the squad we have now, and I think Calvert Lewin will be the leading squ- scorer out of that squad. Yeah, but throw another another striker in there. See, he's I, probably going to be getting a lot of uh, header goals, yeah. kind of near the end of the season or near the end of games. Yeah, I f- I feel like he's going to be sort of like our version of Rashford. You know, he's come through the ranks. He's going to score a load of goals. They'll mm-hmm. so get in. We'll get in a. Say a top quality striker like United have. They got they got Lukaku. Rashford doesn't start as many games in the striker role, but when he does, he makes an impact and he knows where the back of the net is. So I feel like that could be a similar situation for us with Calvert Lewin. This is going to be his season where he says, "Oi, listen up." Yeah, I think Calvert Lewin could be our sort of like our little Rashford. Although I don't want to say him like that. He's our Calvert Lewin, but yeah, that's fine. I'm 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 hoping for the comparison that I'm thinking of is Harry Kane. Yeah, That's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'd, like that. I'd, I'd like be that. fine with that. He's got to keep bulking up because Kane is bulked up. But, um, yeah, that'd be awesome. 
one sentence answer. Will Rooney be a successful signing? Will we consider him a successful signing yes. at the end of the season? Yes, because okay. if you look at if you look at young players, Calvert Lewin has actually said Rooney is a big influence. So yes. I agree. I think he's huge in the locker room, and I think he's still going to score goals. He's still going to get some assists. He's important. Yeah. Cool. So Edward and I recorded that segment about Rooney earlier, and we're kind of lucky that we can actually ask David about Rooney now as well, which is awesome. So, uh, so yeah, David, I've got some. I've got like six Rooney questions for you. Are you good with that? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so what's Rooney's best position at the moment? Uh, well, I don't think there's a solid answer. I think uh, Rooney's maybe best position would be a lead striker, uh, maybe a number 10 or somewhere a little bit deeper, called midfield. Cool. Uh, should we be treating him as a playmaker now, or can, do you think he could be a consistent goal threat? No, I think a, a playmaker would would be a better uh, a better option for Rooney. I think his I think he still is a goal threat, but I think he's enough of a goal threat that we should um, we should be playing him as a out striker. Right. Um, is if you had to pick our our strongest eleven, is he in it? Uh, probably not. No. Um, I think maybe he gets in it at the moment because the form isn't great. But I think uh, if everybody was firing on cylinders, uh, I think Rooney would probably be more impact player uh, than maybe a regular starter. So this question kind of plays off that, and you've answered it a little bit. Do you do you really think mm-hmm. he's more impactful off the bench or more valuable or effective as a starter? I think he's more of an impact player. Um, you know, I think when he starts the game, he can suffer it in the second half when the when the pace is kind of caught up with him a little bit. Uh, whereas his experience coming off the bench is is kind of what I thought, or at least we would be buying um, in the summer when we when we brought him back. So for me, he's, he's got to be used more of an, as an impact player. I think that saves a little bit on his legs as well over the season. Hmm. See, that's a good point. Edward and I were talking, I think both of us consider him more of a starter, but the mm. only way you can start him is if you've got pacier players around him. You mm. know? Uh, yeah. and I, because I don't see Nias as being a reliable starter. Because uh, yeah. I, I see him as being one of those guys... That the rest of the the other team's legs are worn down coming in at like the 75th minute, and you can put Neos in there, who's instant energy and physicality. Um, yeah. But uh, your points, yeah, do make a lot of sense. Uh, the idea of having someone clinical and bring able to bring them in, kind of at the end of the game, that works too. Yeah. Yeah, just having been there, he's done it all, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, at the at the back end of the game is with really do get that little bit more, you know, hectic on that cool head who can who can kind of grab control of the game. That's what Rooney is. Uh, and that's how I'd like to see Everton used. Hmm. Uh, how do we get him on the field if Davies and Sigurdsson must start, if they absolutely have to start? Oh, it's a really tough question. Um 
I, I think he starts over either them two players. Um, so I'm probably looking as an impact substitute game. Um, maybe coming on for someone like Sigurdsson. Um, yeah, he's probably the guy I'd sacrifice. Um, yeah, and I bring him on. I don't think he can start over either of them. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, last question. Will Rooney be our leading scorer this season? Uh, maybe by default, because nobody else is scoring. Uh, yeah, he could be. He could be. Why not? Uh, he seems to be playing enough, and you know, I think his, his alley's maybe... At the moment, um, so yeah, if he's getting the playing time, I don't see what. I, I'd probably not like to see that because it means that we're not scoring goals in other positions, um, right. or we haven't got any competition for him. Uh, I suppose it could be yes. It again differs with what we were saying. I, I kind of I don't know why, but if we go with our squad right now, I'm kind of thinking DCL is going to start scoring more goals. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, he's the one that I'm immediately saying he's going to be our leading goal scorer. But then one of the things we weren't really thinking about earlier was this is with our squad right, squad right now. We we buy a, uh, you know purchase a striker in January or, or bring Onyekuru back or whatever. That's a whole different question then. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think that's a very, very fair point. And if anybody's going to, it could be Calvert Lewin. Um, but the problem with Calvert Lewin is he's still getting pushed out wide. Uh, he's not getting played in the middle, so that's going to affect kind of goals to games ratio. I think a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's a valid point. Like maybe I think out of this current eleven or current squad, I think Calvert Lewin is the guy. To, to compete with them, but fingers crossed in January we 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 someone who is an out and out goal scorer and striker who can who can take that crown at the end of the year as our top goal scorer. Right. Oh, well that uh, that definitely makes sense. I'm I'm really curious about January, especially yeah. I'm re- even more curious about January if Kuma's not there because then I don't really know what to expect if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, it's a different game, isn't it, then? Yeah, because you have no idea what kind of style whoever's coming in. Oh, or even if it's Unsworth, you know, what's he yeah. going to do? Um, yeah. So, all right, cool. So now's the time when we lend an ear to our fellow supporters. Because we're nice like that. Um, also because they have thoughts that we don't have. So, yeah. Here are the fans' thoughts. Charlie Two Freeman asks, "What's the best player Everton have at the moment?" All right, David, you want to lead lead us off on that? Um, oh, on form, I think uh, I think Vlasic. Uh, I think he's probably been my best player for the last three or four games. Uh, overall. I still think Barkley. Um, I think there'll be some hate to that answer, but I think Barkley's our best player. If we can, if we can get him back, get him on side again, get him fit, he can see that next level. Um, so at the moment, form Vlasic overall, I still think I'm um, Ross Barkley. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
category. Edward, what do you think? If we take out like injuries out of the question, I would probably say someone like I don't know Barkley. Yeah, Barkley, Barkley, Coleman, those kind of players. It's clear we are missing those kind of players because they fit in well with the team. They get us goals and assists and clean sheets and all of that. Um, at the current minute, though, I would say Pickford. Pickford has rescued us so many times in games. I mean, Bournemouth, the Bournemouth game, he basically changed the game for us with that save against Defoe. If we if we conceded that, we would have lost easily. But he's he's saved us, pun intended, so many times this season. He's got to be one of our best players, if not the best at the minute. I do. I am a big fan of the pun. <laughs> Yes. I was I was I waiting for you to go. I, I was waiting for you to be like, I'll get my curve. <laughs> no way. That was that was that was nice and subtle. It was. It was. I, I, a well constructed pun is is uh, a thing of beauty, frankly. Uh, no, no matter. So I'll, I'll be quick with my answer. I'm just going to say Michael Keane. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that he's the most valuable in terms of like if we sold him for money. You know, kind of thing. But I would never uh, want to do that. <sighs> but but I, I will say that he's consistent performer. He's an international, and he when he, he, is, when he yeah. played, yeah. And so, and he's actually getting to play as opposed to some of the other guys who play for their international squads. They don't. They just sit the bench the whole time. I, I'm going to say Keen. I think it's cool that we we've given a lot of different answers, though. That's that's actually a little reassuring. Yeah. Um, All right. Next question. It's not a question. This is not even a question. But maybe we should. It it is. It is. It's more encouragement. David Graham on Instagram says, "Give it time, boys. Players need to gel. We are very quick to hop on the bandwagon when things aren't going our way. Give him a chance. He's the man for the job." Uh, So. Uh, I see two guys covering their mouths and rubbing their chins in response to that. What? Uh, true or not, gentlemen? <laughs> see, here's my thing. As, as, as I've said it earlier. We've played 15 games now, competitive games this season. That's nearly, you know, if you, if you do that over a Premier League season, that's nearly half, half the season gone. Um all right, so there's been a lot of Europa League games, which is why they come quite thick and fast. But it's not it's not the perform. I mean, it's not the uh, it's not the results for me. It's the performances. No, we've lost games before, but we've got no fights. We seem to be very low on ideas, um, and the performances have been some of the worst I've seen over the last ten years. Easy, even with the Martinez era. So I think they're the reasons people are jumping on the bandwagon. As it was poor, uh, because people don't like what they're seeing, and it's not just the results, it's the performances as well. Edward? I mean, I personally did, I mean, we'll go back a couple of videos, and I did say I'd like to give him until the end of November, because that's when most of the squad are back, and it gives him a bit more time to look at these fixtures, but I'm loving the optimism. I'm loving the hope and the optimism. I think it's a brilliant thing to have in something like football. So, fair play to you. What is his name? Graham? 
Some David Graham. David Graham. Fair play to you, David Graham. You've got the hope and optimism, which I wish a lot of Evertonians have. But we've given him a lot of time already. Like Davis said, we've had 15 games with this squad. So, and they've, the countless amounts of training sessions they've had together. If something's not gelling right, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the parts; it's the glue, in a sense. Like the man, what the manager is using is clearly not sticking together. So he either needs to change it, or we need to bring someone else in. In my opinion, mm-hmm. that's okay. actually a really good analogy. I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm going to be patient a little while longer. I'm not completely on the Kuman out train yet, but I, I literally, I have one foot off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm literally, I'm so ready to jump. I'm so close. But uh, I don't know. I, I usually tend to be a little more patient. Like, I think I was one of the last ones who was, who was ready to say, Martinez, get, go ahead and leave. Uh, but but I, I do think he probably should have been fired before the Man United Cup final. You know, I think that would have been a great time. Bring in, go ahead, let let Unsworth take it and see what happens. So I think we may have I think we may have won had we done that. So I'm gonna be patient for a little while longer. But these guys are right. We've been we've been doing it for a while. So. Uh, John Paul Tully on Facebook asks, why, when we have a fantastic youth setup, are we not utilizing it properly and and using players even until January? Um, I'm assuming he's basically saying it takes us a while to integrate those younger players in. Sometimes it's kind of a last resort, like, okay, let's just throw them in there later in the season. I guess that's what he he means. Yeah. Um, I mean, my... My short answer to this is that I don't think Kuman trusts youth. You know, you have to really prove it to him. Mm. Uh, it took I mean, think about it, how long did it take him to actually start playing Davies last season? He didn't really start playing until mid-season. It wasn't until the City game, was it really? Yeah, think it took him a it. while. And I think I feel like most people kind of thought that he was he was good. He was ready. Uh Kuman seems like he, he really values veterans, but that's the thing. It's, it's almost a little, almost an overemphasis on, on veterans. I think Kenny probably should have gotten a lot more playing time by now. I got no excuses for that. I think it's just his personal, the way he thinks. You know, it's a personal philosophy, um, and I, I think it's actually hurting. Because uh, this guy was right. Our youth setup is amazeballs. It's ridiculous. Uh, David, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I, I don't just think it's Everton, to be fair. Like, I'd love to jump on it now and give Koeman a bit more stick. But I think just the Premier League in general, there's so much pressure on the on the teams and the management that yeah, I just don't think they have enough faith in, in, in youth to come in and do a job. But I, it is a detriment to their own success at times because, as you both said, you know, Dave was coming late last year, but he was fantastic when he did come in. Um, Calvert-Lewin's now... A starter for Everton as well. He, he only kind of made his breakthrough last year. So I think, in short, the answer is pressure. I think there's, there's you know, there's so much pressure in the Premier League that if you bring someone in and he, he makes a mistake or whatever, then uh, you know it could be their job on the line. Uh, so I think that's the main issue with Everton as well. 
Although we mm-hmm. do seem to give a little chance to our youth then, we'll just do. Right. Edward? Just echoing both points, and I think the lack of experience that people credit them, well, that they don't have, it's the lack of experience and you sort of, you need it, really. I mean, the jump from under-23s to the Premier League itself is so big and you see a lot of, I mean, I read somewhere that um, most academies, I think maybe like 10% of those players in that current squad would make it and stay in the first team. So, there's also, it's, and you look at the transfer business that Coleman did, Davies isn't getting much playing time, and he actually started quite a lot last season, but it's, I think it's the whole thing with the transfer window. Mm. That's that's what's really affecting it, and I think Calvert-Lewin has got lucky, because the amount of playing time he's had, he wouldn't have had if we actually got a striker. It's true. It's very true. Yeah, I'm not the guy who says, let's bring all the U23s, because I don't think many of them are ready. I think Kenny was ready this season, though. I think Dowell possibly could have been ready. Um, and I'd be playing Lookman more. Yeah. That's that's about it. I don't know. And I think next season, Banigimi may get a legit look in. But because of the depth of his position, I don't know about that. Um, all right. So, um, the man with three first names is back. Matthew Douglas Elliott. Uh, and he's actually not only asking a question for himself, but one for his brother. So, <laughs> his brother asks, due to recent performances and off-field issues, uh, I guess Lookman and Morales, do you think Kuman has lost the dressing room? Possibly. I think it's a big maybe as well. Yeah. A definite, a definite maybe. I mean, you look um, at a lot of the squad that he's already basically sort of pushed away. Barkley for one, Niasi, all credit to him, he stuck by it, but Morales, Barkley, um, Niasi, Luckman, possibly, um, yeah, he could he could have lost a lot of the dressing room, because then, sort of, maybe the players are thinking, hang on a minute, why are you getting rid of him, he's a good player, like, you're making no sense, why, why should we be following you, or... Something like that. I, I don't know, personally. But yeah, it, it could be a big possibility that he's lost them. And that's why the performance are bad. David? Yeah, in short, yes, I think he has. I think his, his management style is you know, real iron fist and you know, very straight. He's not he's not your kind of manager who'll give you the hug, puts his arm around your shoulder. Um, I think that's great when you're playing well and you're winning games, but when it turns sour like it has now, it just pushes players further away. And I think I've already said on on one of the uh, reports, I think he's gone beyond the point of return. And yeah, I think he's I think he's he's lost them now. Uh, he's just a waiting game for everybody until the inevitable happens. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing signs, definite signs. Uh, I also think, though, uh, a really positive result could turn it around and start making some believers of some people. See, I think um, the Arsenal game could be a big turning point. If we win that Arsenal game, then I think a lot of people will start thinking, hang on, Coleman might be okay. But I think if we lose arsenal Leon, which seems more and more likely, maybe even Leicester, then 
that is going to be the time when everyone said, right, get lost. Mm. It's a very big week. It's a very big week. If he loses to Leon on Arsenal, uh, the season could... I mean, I'm not going to go too extreme. The season's not over. But without the, they're virtually out of the Europa League and we're not going to do anything in the league. Um, so it's a big... It, it is a big... He really needs two wins this week. Yeah. All right, cool. So... Uh, now, it's not his brother's question, but this is his question. Um, was it, what was it? Matthew Douglas Elliott, yes. Uh, he asks, are we now in a relegation battle? Oh, not for me. Early to say, but possibly. Come January, if we're in the same situation, then yes, we will be, but not at the minute. A bit early to say. It's a bit early to say for a lot. I mean, Palace... Even Palace, they could possibly get out of the relegation zone. Because they just got to win. And I'm sure we've got them pretty soon as well. So that's that's probably going to be three points we're not going to be getting. <laughs> I'm going to that one as well. I... <sighs> See, I, I agree with you guys. It's, it's, a really, it's a really long season. Premier League season is ridiculous. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I think it's way too early to be saying... You know, relegation battle is on the cards right now. But I also know just because we're one of the bigger teams in the Premier League, it doesn't mean we don't need to be looking down and looking up, you know, and being aware of that. I feel like a lot of big teams, they get cocky and they think, you know what? Oh, it couldn't happen to us. That's why I, I keep catching myself. Okay, remember, you, you suck right now, guys. <laughs> you know, you may still suck in a little while. So, yeah, I agree with you guys. Not yet. Not yet. Um, famous EFC on Instagram asks, what's our realistic target for this year? I'm still going to say sixth. What about you guys? I'll get it relegated. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Because I, nobody knows what Everton we, we've got on our hands at the moment. Um I think sadly, I wouldn't have took it at the start of the year, but maybe if we finish top eight from where we are now, we've probably salvaged the season a little bit, so maybe top eight. Yeah. Hmm. You say top eight as well, Edward? Yeah. Yeah. I'm maybe saying semi final, something like that, maybe. That'd be nice. Yeah. Just some, some success. I don't know. I'm. I don't want to completely drop the feeling that I had at the beginning of the season. I think the teams between us and sixth right now are the type of teams that are not necessarily always reliable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They could go through a bad patch. I think they usually do. So those teams have not proven to be consistent. So I do think I'm not keeping my eye off sixth or seventh right now. Mm -hmm. I'm still looking at that. Um, but realistically, I, I, eighth is a really good shout really is. Yeah. I'm, uh, next, this is a good question. CJ William 2 on Instagram asks, if we move to Bramley more, do you think we'll play poorly in our first season like West Ham did? Depends how the whole thing with them... Depends how the stadium's built. If it's still... If it's built corporately, then... We probably will do bad, but if it's built like an actual football stadium meant for football, then we'll probably just 
either do the same or better. Everything that I've heard about what this stadium is supposed to be points to really steep stands, really close to the pitch, uh, and I've got belief in Dan Mice and everything. I think we're going to play great as soon as we get there. I, West Ham's pitch is so far from the stands and from the seats because they had to uh, can, you know, allow for those the track that there's no atmosphere there. That that makes sense. I think I think this design is going to be. I haven't seen it because I'm just some dude. But yeah, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna play great there. Just saying. I got belief. You've just jinxed it nice. now. Well done. Hold on. Uh, here's some wood. There we go. All right, David. What do you got? Um. Yeah. Same. I think you know West Ham went from Upton Park, which is or the boiling ground. Sorry. Uh, that was that was similar to Goodison, very close to the pitch, uh, you know, steep stands, then to where they are now, the London Stadium, which is a completely opposite. Um, so I think it's hard to compare ourselves to that. If if indeed we are going to have the steep stands, um, I'd like to think we can just adjust and go straight in there and start doing well. Uh, it's not easy, of course, but I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be all right. All right. Moving on to uh, what is going to be our final question. At EJF underscore zero one on Instagram asks, how many players from the current squad would you get rid of or sell? Ooh, I have a question. That's juicy. Mm. Well, let's get my program. I'll go through. Tell you what, actually. I know what I'll do. I'll go through the list of players on the back of this. You guys say keep or sell. Right. Okay. Right. It's got to be rapid fire. All right, ready? Okay. Ready. Pickford. Keep. Keep. Schneiderlin. Keep. Oh. Keep. <laughs> I thought about it. Baines. Keep. Keen. Keep. Keep. Williams. Sell. Sell. Uh, I'll have to say sell too. Uh, Jagielka. Keep. Balassi. Uh, keep because of the locker room, by the way, yeah. for Jags. Yeah. I, last season, I would have said sell. No, I wouldn't. All right. I wouldn't have. But anyway. I would have. Uh, Balassi. Keep. Keep. Yeah. Barkley. Keep. Keep. Yeah. Sandro. Yeah, I'd still, still keep. Give him a little bit of leeway. Rooney. Keep. Keep. Yeah. Uh, Morales. Sell. I'm going to say sell. Possibly. Possibly sell. But I do still rate him. Uh, Lennon. Sell. Sell. Martina. Sell. Yeah, sell. McCarthy. Sell. I'd I'd still keep him. I'd still keep him. Is he? (sighs) Don't know. Uh, he's supposedly fit and going to be playing with U23 soon. Okay. But he's not completely uh, match fit, I guess is the difference, right? As soon as he plays for Ireland. Uh, Idris Agay. Keep. Yeah. Uh, Sigurdsson. Keep. Keep. Niasi. Oh. Um, keep. I'd say keep for now. Give him a Yeah. Yeah, me too. 
Agreed. Keep for one year. Uh, Clarsen. <laughs> keep. I'm going to keep still. Besic. I think keep. keep still. He's sell for me. I think he's another one. He's just yeah. not He's a good player. But he's a bit limited and he's never fit again. Um, but I do like him. Stecklenburg. Sell. Sell. Coleman. Keep. Keep. Funes Mori. Keep for now. Yeah, I want to give him. Give, yeah, I wait a little give bit. him till the end of the season. Let's see how he comes back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davies. Keep. Yeah. Vlasic. Keep. Yeah. Uh, Calvert Lewin. Keep. Keep. Holgate. Keep. Luckman. Keep. Keep. Robles. I'd still keep him as our number two. I'd keep him as number two as well. I would keep him if he was happy being a number two, but I don't think he is. Yeah, he's got ambition for a little bit more, hasn't he? Maybe back to Spain. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm going to say sell just because I think that's one of the reasons why he wasn't given like a legit number. Because I think he, behind closed doors, asked if he could leave. Uh, yeah. So. Possibly. All right. Uh, All right. Is that it? One more. Kenny. Keep yeah. We were rather thorough there, EJF01. Just saying. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to run down this uh, Europa League uh, matchup coming up uh, between Everton and Lyon. So yeah, uh, Thursday, Lyon comes to Goodison. And if you don't know what's going on with Lyon these days, this is what. Current form, they currently sit in sixth in the French First Division. They're 4-4-1. Four, four, and one. They beat Strasbourg, Rennes, I'm going to butcher these, Kinkam, and Monaco. It did well there. I, I, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> they drew with Bordeaux. Uh, was it Nantes? FC Dijon? Nantes. Nantes? I think it oh, is yeah. something like that. Dijon uh, and Angier, or Angers, maybe. And they lost to PSG, which is a total shocker. Uh in Europa League, they drew with uh, Apollon and Atalanta, so they're doing a little better than us. Um, oh, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, mean, I just they've got, we lost. We lost, didn't we? They got one more point than us. Yeah. Uh, so a win would really, we'd hop them, which would be awesome. Mm. Uh, um, and they're danger men. Fakir. Nabil Fakir. Fakir. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Seven goals and four assists. Good on FIFA as well. I knew you'd know that. Yeah, so he's not just not just scoring; he's he's getting assists too. He's just yeah, we gotta look out for him. Yeah. And Depay, yeah. Depay has two goals, three assists. Mariano has seven goals, and Bertrand Traore. If for nothing else, we know who he is. Yeah. Who's he? Uh, <laughs> wait a minute, I can't tell your sarcasm there, right? Okay, good. Yes. Just check it. All right, so. So, let's give our predicted lineups. David, you're the guest. What on earth is Koeman going to do on Thursday? Oh, age old question. Um, I don't think Koeman knows what he's going to do, so it's going to be impossible for us to re- predict it. But, uh, I think he'll he'll go with putting a, uh, a cup goalkeeper in again, so I expect to see maybe Stettenberg in goal. Um... I think he, he can't afford to to 
take any chances. So I, I imagine we'll see Jagielka, uh, Keane at the back, uh, Baines left back, Holgate again. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I genuinely believe it's going to repeat the same team on from Sunday. Um, yeah, I think he's going to play two holding plays, Schneiderlin, uh, A. Yeah, and then he's probably going to have Calvert-Lewin one side, Lasset to the other. Maybe, I don't know why, I've just got a feeling he might give Klassen. Yeah, I was going to say Klassen. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe just Sigurdsson's form isn't isn't great um, for Everton anyway. And then, yeah, probably Rooney up top again, which I, I'd, I'd like to see something a little bit different. But yeah, that that's for me. I think that's what he's going to go with. Cool. Edward, how do you differ there? Me, personally, I think he's either going to go really, really different. So he could basically go with the same lineup, but a bit more experience, a bit more higher up standard than the Sunderland, the Sunderland lineup that we had against them in the Cup. That was a really good team. We won comfortably, okay, against Sunderland, but it still worked. Um, or I reckon he'll probably go... I don't think he's going to risk it with Stecklenburg. I think he's going to go Pickford. I think... Holgate, Keane, Jagielka, Baines, which is the same lineup. Uh, I think probably I think he might actually ditch the two defensive midfielders. I think he'll only take one, maybe Bessic. Um Klaassen in, I'd have Sigerson, a bit more forward than the other two, but I'd have him in. I'd have Sandro in and Calvert Lewin and Vlasic. That's the kind of team I'd like to see play. Quality at the back, so experience at the back, which we definitely need. Pitford in goal, so our best goalkeeper by far. Um, three centre mids, one of which got to the Europa League final, and the other two are good quality. One's a bit... Eh, and then the front three, shown they can work together. I'm so like not as creative as you guys are going with this. Uh I, I don't know, I, I get the vibe that Kuman is starting to get kind of scared. Uh, I, I feel like he's desperately trying to find some sort of stability. Um, so I don't think he's going to make a whole lot of changes from the last the last game. Uh, I think uh, I, I could see him subbing Holgate out, and I could see Martina going in. Um, I'd love to see Kenny going in, but I think he trusts Martina more than he trusts Kenny right now. We may not. He's we may not completely him agree. Exactly. Um, so I can see that happening. I, uh, you know, and, and again, it's a toss-up between Pickford and Steck. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I would immediately said Steck for Europa League and for any of the other cups. But because I think he's again worried, I think he's gonna. I don't think he wants to be out of Europa League yet. So I, I think he may go with Pickford again. Pickford, Martina, Keane, Jagielka, Baines, Schneiderlin, Gay. Uh, Vlasic or Davies, but I think he's going to stick with Vlasic. I mean, it's the same team, pretty much. Sigurdsson, Calvert-Lewin, and Rooney. I just don't think... I would love to see him, you know, reach down in and pull out his guts and actually start being, you know, taking a chance. I just don't see it happening. I would love to see Sandro get a run. That'd be cool. I'd love to see Davies get the kid in. You know, uh, we just... We play better when he's in, usually. But... And I definitely think I just definitely think Gay is going to play just because uh, isn't Leon like his 
former team? No, it's um, so, no, it's Lille. Lille was his former yeah. team. But the fact that he's from the French league, yeah, he's just familiar with that league. I feel like I feel like they'll play him. Uh, I would love to see Schneiderlin sit down and Davies take Schneiderlin's place. Yeah, I agree. That's what. That's yeah. I, I'd, really, that's what I'd, I'd like. really like to see a four-four-two. I, I think the same defense, but I'd like to see Davies. Uh, you know, Gay, and then two out-and-out wingers, and then have Rooney and um, Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, I think that'd be perfect. We're screaming out for that, and then just everybody knows what they're doing. You know, we got wingers playing out on the wing, not strikers. We got a creative mm-hmm. midfielder in Davies for me, um, or at least a box to box. You got Gay, you can kind of anchor anchor them down um, because it. We always seem to be trying to do this, either f- like trying to get this three formation behind the one lone striker, and we're always it feels like we're fitting players into that formation. I don't, I don't think human realizes we don't have to stick to that formation. There's we can play a different way. Well, Martin has basically played that exact same formation his entire. It it worked for the first t- season, but soon after, everyone got the idea of it and. The greatest managers have always learned to adapt. I think that's what what Kuma needs to do. But he's doing what he it's do it's Valencia happening for him again. So uh, I don't know, I don't know. I'd like I'd like to see some change, but I think this is going to be the end of the road for Europa League. I'm not confident with Kuman, Like you were saying, most successful manager. I think you look at your personnel. Who do you have, and what gives you the best chance to win a game? Mm. You know, that's why so many so many coaches that don't have really athletic squads, they play primarily defensive and they park the bus and they're just literally trying to get a draw or maybe trying to get something on the transition just to catch the other team unawares. That that just that's a common you examine your squad and you fit your formation and your style around it rather than trying to shoehorn all these players that don't fit what you're trying to do. It doesn't make any sense. Um He's literally slamming his head into the wall, not realizing, "Hey, there's a doorway over there, dude." Yeah. You know, it's 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 frustrating to watch. I I do think he's tweaking sometimes, but he's not tweaking from the beginning of the game. That's what's that's what's annoying. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, predicted results. What are we thinking? Well, <clears throat> I don't mind going first because uh, I'm just not I'm not confident. I think I think. As, as was already said, I think it will be the end of the road for the Europa League a little bit after this game. I think Leon are going to win 2-0. Uh, I think kind of in years gone by, you know, at Goodison you always have the crowd on side and for these kind of bigger kind of European nights, uh, they're up for it. But I think, you know, the fans aren't. If we, if we concede a goal early on, I think we crumble. Uh, I think the fans will be on the plays back and yeah, I can't. I can't see any way really that we're gonna win this one. The way I'm seeing it at the minute, and I'm sure you'll agree, Dave. The atmosphere at the minute it feels toxic. It feels just really acidic because you've got some people actually wanting us to lose games so that Coman can get sacked and we can move on. And then some people are just so confused about what's happening. I mean, I'm one of the people confused. I just don't know what. We've got to do to get Coman to realise these things, and I'm almost 
in, I'm a bit on the fence about us wanting us to lose and wanting us to stay in because I'd love us to stay in, get a road to Europe. I, I mean, it'd do great for my channel, but then the other side of me thinks, are we going to get that far with Coman if he doesn't change his ways? So, and then you've got a load of people like wanting to get on his side, but then they've just not got the energy, you know. That I'm, I spent about near enough twenty pound last game for upon Limassol. In fact, I was really doubting coming to this one, um, and that's that's one of the other things as well. You've got people not wanting their money wasted for these kind of performances, and it just it feels really toxic just feels really horrible at the minute it sounds quiet on tv yeah it sounds quiet that's mm -hmm. the main mm -hmm. way i can describe it yeah. and that's the thing about goodison that everybody always says every opponent from the past has said that's my favorite place to play that's the hardest place to play the atmosphere there is insane even, even you know? um, like one of the commentators and i'm going back to it again fifa but like Every time you play a game at Goodison, no, seriously, every time you play a game at Goodison, Alan Smith always says, oh, I remember going to the games, say, with Everton v United and the gantries were shaking, but he's right. It used to happen, but now we're so used to the bad football, the bad results, that it all just feels a bit like, what do we do? Hmm. Yeah, I know Arlo White, who's one of the main commentators here in America for NBC Sports, he said Goodison is his favorite gantry. You know, and, and it's I guess it's it's just like everybody else says, you know, the it's so intimate and it's so close and it's so tight and it everybody it you're a part of it and it's just electric. And uh, it doesn't it's not playing that way on on TV at all because the results aren't there and the fans are you can tell the supporters are not, they're not having it. And it'd be one thing if they saw players bleeding for the shirt, if they saw players go, doing everything they could. I think they would maybe have a little more patience at that point. But you don't really see that, you know? So that's, that's the thing that I'm saying. I, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to be positive here. Um, and so I'm, what, um, Edward, what was your predictive result? Predictive result. I'm I'm doing those two things again with head and heart. With my heart, shut up. It, this one's going to be interesting. For heart, if we put out the right lineup, I'm going to say we win th th uh, 3-1. Because Leon will probably get a goal, but I reckon we could if we play the right lineup. But with my head, if we go with the same again, and I think we will. We're going to get slaughtered. So, I think we'll either win or lose or tie. No. Um, <laughs> it's going to be one of those. <laughs> it's No, it's, Edward, you always cover your bases. Hey, if we play well, I think we're going to win. And <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I'm, I'm, I think we're going to win. I don't know why. I have nothing to back that up other than I think... I, I don't think... I think the little bit of good mojo we had at the end of the last game, I think that might propel us to something. I think it takes little moments that can potentially de define a season. We had a little bit. We did have a little bit of good luck at the end of the last game. We did. Uh, it was a little bit, and we had bad luck not to score immediately afterward. We should have won based on the chances at the end of the game. You know, first half was shit, but you know what I mean. 
So I'm gonna say we're gonna win. Yeah, I think we're gonna win two one. Uh, Leon usually plays close games. They don't have a lot of blowouts. They don't get blown out, and they don't blow a lot of people out. So um, I'm gonna say two one win, just because it's time. Because because yeah, but you guys are probably gonna be right. I think I think the good thing about this game is it's it's all or nothing, isn't it? If we if we don't win this, then we're we're pretty much out. So everybody yep. knows that we need to win it, and maybe that'll work in the favor of the team. You know, they know mm-hmm. you have to go for it. So you might be right. I hope you're right. We'll probably be filming on the day after, won't we? So I'm hoping to have a good match day vlog out on that day. If not, I'm going to be very upset on the day. I'm ready to be optimistic with good reason. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still... I'm actually one of those people where I'm thinking, do I want us to win or do I want us to lose? Because this is one uh, I, I, I For me, it's win. never a question. <laughs> like, I can't... I, I'm always, every time, I'm like, uh, even if it's going to help usher, uh, usher in change that needs to happen, I still want us to win. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'd prolong it as much as possible yeah. with ugly wins if I have to. We're all predicting uh, a game to happen, and Dave's, David's thinking this, there'll be a loss. Edward's predicting either a loss or a win, and I'm predicting a win. So there we go. All right? If you're liking our videos, you should subscribe because it makes us feel warm inside. Uh, like like them, subs- you know, leave some comments, all that awesome stuff. Uh, we like it when you tell us things, all right? Um, so uh, also, please check out Edward's channel. The details are down there in the description. Edward's taught me this nice shortcut down there in the description. Check it out. Um, lastly, uh, read David's pieces on the Toffee Blues site. They're informative, funny, and they won't take an entire afternoon to read. And they're not a waste of your time. So, uh, anyway, thanks so much for uh, for talking to us, David. Thanks so much for everything. Thanks. Really meant a lot uh, to the show. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Edward, thanks again as always, brother. No problem. And, uh, yeah, so, for the audience, if you are listening via podcast, please subscribe to our podcast. Rate, rate it and all that nice all that nice stuff and tell all your friends. Uh, please check out the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and check out the Toffee Blues website where you can read all of David's delicious articles. Hey. All right? So, yeah, that is it. We're done. <laughs> Until next time, let's hope for a good result on Thursday. Adios. We're out.